Hello and welcome to another episode of Clustering Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Walters, the head of UK Life Sciences at JLL. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by John O'Driscoll, who is the global CIO and head of investment at AXA IM Real Assets. How are you, John? Thanks, Chris. Well, thanks very much for, for joining me. We've obviously known each other for a number of years now. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on here specifically um, and to sort of make the immediate connection for our, our listeners. Great to talk to you about AXA's ambition um, and vision in the life sciences sector, but also very much through the lens of, of Cadence Science Partner. Um, it would be great if we could kick off, John, just by giving you a brief background on, on what you're doing day to day and, and where the journey started when you invested into Cadence. Well, with, with pleasure. So, um, so, so as you mentioned, I'm, I'm responsible for, for the investment program at, uh, at AXI and Real Assets. And look, we've been active across a lot of different sectors uh, over a number of years. And I think we've been quite good actually at identifying emerging sectors and, and directing uh, investment towards those and, and supporting the growth of of uh, platforms across the alternative space, so we've been, you know, early early active on on things like student housing. We were early investors in data centres, which we continue to support. And and uh, you know, in twenty nineteen, um, when we started really thinking uh, about the life science sector, um, we saw a lot of sort of interesting attributes uh, about it. We saw um, a lot of investment going into the underlying industry, the demand for space, um, you know, the underlying topic being healthcare related is quite close to the heart uh, at AXA and, uh, and then sort of started the journey of trying to find uh, good quality uh, platforms to, to invest and grow and, uh, and the very, uh, very strong uh, candidate emerged in, in Cadence, uh, which we uh, together with, 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 of course, you, you guys at JLL supporting us uh, getting to know the platform, uh, understanding the industry better, uh, meeting a great management team, and, and ultimately at the uh, end of 2020, um, investing in Cadence and, uh, and going on the journey, which we've been going on uh, over the last year and a half or so. Obviously, you've been looking at the alternative sector for a number of years, but when you started doing that deep dive into the life sciences market in 2019, when you were trying to identify those potential candidates at that time, that was quite a limited pool of people that you could could go to, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, I mean, look, the industry has has developed very quickly in Europe. So you know, when you're when you're going back even a relatively short amount of time, there, 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 there weren't established platforms, and that was you know part of the appeal. You know, we, we're very happy uh, to develop sectors in Europe. You know, we have a great platform ourselves at at XIM Real Assets. So we've got you know ten offices across Europe. We're very sort of. Uh, uh, development oriented so we've got very strong development teams so when we see sectors which so, with such strong um, drivers behind and this it was really for us compelling on life sciences when we saw the level of investment going into to health and R&D when we you know we're seeing um, just talking with occupiers understanding the requirements um, seeing how under uh, uh, served the sector was for for quality real estate. It was it, it was very very compelling. I remember reading something in the in the press. I can't remember who who the source was or who was it, it was attributed from. But um, something that you said around the acquisition of Cadence at the time that it wasn't a reaction to COVID, which I thought was quite an interesting thing to say because certainly there has been a number of 
um, new entrants, a lot more investment activity. But for you, it sounds like the journey started way before that in terms of the thesis and the alignment to AXA as a, as a corporate business. And you you found someone in Cadence that was aligned to that and, and made sense strategically for you. No, it, it was definitely, I mean, it's funny, it was probably the number one question when we, because it made, it made a decent... Uh, a, a decent splash, I think, when we when we did did the deal, so people were interested, and and uh, uh, as you know, subsequently we, we raised some additional capital around the space. So it was a real, um, it, it created a, a lot of attention, and it must have been probably the number one question asked, you know, mainly when in in some of the press briefings. So it probably was probably was something that you would have seen it attributed to me. It, uh, it was you know was this a reaction to to COVID and the reality is we were looking and by definition we were sort of already on the journey in 2019 so none of us had heard of COVID at that point so I think we we were yeah. it, it wasn't sort of by definition a reaction to COVID um, and and it doesn't it won't you know if, if we are sort of hope, hopefully getting into a period where where, where COVID is, is, is less present in the backdrop it won't change how also won't change how, how we invest it you know it, it but but what's interesting about about covid is it it sort of shows the the power in the sector and the evolution in the sector and the ability to develop you know vaccines and therapeutics over shorter timetables uh, with sort of at the appropriate level of collaboration because without that very strong collaboration between large industry and and uh, emerging science without the sort of artificial and intelligence data analytics we wouldn't have been able to deliver a vaccine into in, yeah. in such a period of time so it gives you confidence around the ability to tackle other things that are sort of at the heart of of the industry and i think you're really at this very interesting point where you know you you've had this uh you know very rapid evolution in the science and the data which is going to support hopefully innovation across a number of things uh that that are, are relevant to society and that's no, that's also a big driver of our investment as well. You know, we, we are trying to orient towards opportunities that have a, a societal benefit as well. And I think this industry lends itself incredibly well. You know, when we announced the deal, uh, you know, obviously it's, it, it was known to a, a part of our organization, not the whole one. We have to maintain a sort of pretty pretty high level of, of confidentiality and ring fence around it. But the level of interest within our own organization was incredible. <laughs> So when when uh, when we had our lunchtime briefings or or sort of education sessions, they were like I've never seen a, the level of attendance for any deal or sector or uh, research theme. It just it creates a lot of uh, a lot of interest and and alignment. And you mentioned the societal um, impact of this sector, which I think is an interesting point just to explore a bit further. Um, the ESG. Um, credentials of any investment are clearly ramping up the agenda and I'm sure you see that every day in your role as as global CIO at at AXA but how did you consider or how did you bring around the considerations of ESG when you were looking at the Cadence platform was we know the the E side of the equation is naturally challenging because of the way that the science takes place you know the amount of energy water amount of waste um, but clearly the social part of that is exceptionally strong. So how did you look at that in, internally when you were looking at the opportunity of, of acquiring the platform? Yeah, so look, I mean, ESG is embedded in all our investment decisions. So did, did, uh, was it a part of the 
investment decision in Cadans and all the subsequent investments we've made in, in life science together with Cadans, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, did we have a sort of, I would say we, we had a, on the start of the journey around life science, we, we probably had a relatively high level understanding of, of the true sort of, um, I would say, social benefits around the sector. I think we've learned a lot in that journey. Um, so I think, you know, we were very pleasantly surprised on when we started digging in on, on Cadence at, at, the, at the level of um, uh, how advanced they were on the east side of the equations. These buildings are built to a very high standard and operated to a very high standard. So that was great. And that's you know, very consistent. Yeah. And, and we've made big commitments when we develop new sites to really go for the, the highest standard. And when, you know, more importantly, when we're refurbishing, uh, which, which we hope to do a lot of, um, that, that we're, we're working to a very high standard. But what was, what was probably very, probably most interesting for me was watching the collaboration taking place at the buildings. So really getting into, you know, how the buildings are built and designed, how the tenant base is constructed, you know, how you put um, various uh, systems in place for people to communicate with each other, to interact with each other. You know, frankly, even how people are fitting out the space you know, we've learned a hell of a lot in life sciences that, you know, we're able to integrate into other sectors, whether that's, uh, you know, particularly offices. So the learning is kind of moving across the business. And I think as as the office becomes more of a collaboration zone than a, than a sort of uh, a desk factory, uh, you know, this is going to be super important how we, how we build in the right level of uh, tenant mix amenity, um, uh, to support different industries in, in our office building. So that, that's been the big, big positive of, of the investment is the learning we can do uh, across other sectors. And certainly the, um, the amenity side, the um, employee experience part of the equation, I think, in terms of delivering lab buildings, in the conversations that I'm having day to day, it seems to be really, really rising up the, the agenda. And I think... Um, that's really important and I, I'm interested to, to explore a bit further in terms of um, from your perspective when you look at those life sciences users um, that you're engaging with across the platform are you hearing from from your occupiers that they want more from their space in the same way that the traditional office user is in terms of that higher focus on um, good quality air health and well-being high quality sustainable buildings you know, highly enabled from a technology perspective so that they can generate all of that innovation and collaboration? Yeah, well, look, t- t- tenants across sectors are, are rightfully so becoming becoming more demanding and understanding what they want and wanting a, a product that's, uh, you know, tech-enabled and low-carbon and, and fit-for-purpose for collaboration. So you're certainly seeing that in in, in the life in the life sciences industry and it's really at the front end of that because innovation and collaboration are, are at the core so so abs- absolutely seeing that from from tenants you know what they also want I think is a relationship um, to the landlord and one, one of the things that's a you know a big differentiator for what we're doing on the life sciences side is the partnership and and the investment we have in Cadans because we are managing the buildings directly we are cultivating those tenant relationships we are figuring out what people want today and more importantly what they need for the future and really anticipating that need and building assets where we can we can retain the industry as 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 companies grow which is important to the companies it's important to 
the other stakeholders like the universities and, and others that want us to be a partner. They want us to create space that uh, that keeps industry, you know, close to the close to the to the campus, to the research, and uh, is able to grow those businesses um, as they as they mature and develop. And that that's really at the core of of the business. So I think it's about the physical product, but but probably equally if not more important the service offering that we uh, that we also provide to to the tenants and is that something that you've found has given you a slight edge over the competition when you've been looking at opportunities particularly ones where perhaps you might be partnering with an academic institution or some form of central government or public type entity because you have the ability within the axicodons platform to present a a fully integrated solution across the operational, the development, and and not and the capital essentially. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, look, there's a lot of capital targeting the space. I think if you look at a lot of investor intention surveys, etc., life sciences, you as you very well know because this is what you do day day in day out, is very high up the agenda. I think you you know. Uh, I think you're you're probably one of the most 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 popular uh, real estate professionals in Europe for for that reason. So it is highly competitive when you when you get to stuff that's a little bit more straightforward. So if you're buying a existing leased asset in an established uh, life sciences market, the competition amongst capital is very intense, and it's it can be difficult to um, to be competitive in that respect. What's really special. With, with you know having a, a strong operational platform is the ability to create opportunities and deal with complexity so that can be um, a university that really wants to develop um, uh, you know uh, pr- private real estate in its e- in its ecosystem in its proximity and doesn't really know how, how to go about it and, and you know walking into that room with accent cadans with experience and strong brand and reputation is, is huge and that gives us access to things that 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 us can't we can vision out um uh, schemes based on things that we've already done so that's definitely a, a big advantage but it can also be with landowners you know we're, we're dealing with a lot of landowners across europe in interesting locations that maybe had conceived office projects or others that have said actually you know what there's something I think I'm missing something here I wonder who I can talk to to help understand whether my um, uh, office project can become life sciences and how do I do it and that's really giving us access to opportunity so anywhere you need a an operational angle an understanding of how the building will operate who the target tenants are um, you know how you design to to cultivate growth I think gives us gives us a, a huge advantage, um, which uh, which obviously we try our best to to realise um, as the industry develops in Europe. Of course, and um, when we talked a lot about the European market, the the way that we're looking at it as a house at the moment, I'm hopefully this mirrors your own thoughts. But the different countries and different clusters across continental Europe are at different levels of maturity. And you can you can see markets like Cambridge, Oxford, and London as the golden triangle in the UK, absolutely leading from the front as one as the most advanced markets. But it feels like there's opportunity all over continental Europe in terms of um, potential development of space for the life sciences market. It's just a question of 
hopefully when those clusters will emerge and mature over time rather than if. So I'm interested to get your view on sort of the broader European landscape and how that compares to some of the more mature markets like the UK or the Netherlands, of course, where where Cadence were, were really started. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's uh, you know, every, everything's at a relatively, you know, early mid-stage so it's hard to sort of have this very developed and something easy to articulate view on on the sector so i think we we have been um you know we have seen a lot of opportunity coming from different places so we have to we have to prioritize so i think in terms of strategy look we're very active in in the big centers um you know you you've seen us and announce a, a large project in london you know, we will we'll we'll hopefully be announcing some interesting uh, stuff soon in, in sort of other other European capitals and and even since we acquired the Cadans business, we have expanded uh, from the three original markets into into Belgium, and and on on the cusp of of other expansion opportunities. So, look, we've been dealing with it as a sort of strategy around the big established locations and and developing you know even even more critical mass there and we are exploring on a case-by-case basis um other opportunities in europe and it is definitely a broad-based opportunity Uh, i think you you find that um you know countries and universities and people want to keep a very strong national industry and that that is going to give rise to the demand for real estate and we have to find the right balance of um, depth of demand on the tenant side, liquidity on the real estate side, you know, uh, so there's a number of factors we're, we're looking at um, to, to determine the expansion. But there's an yeah. opportunity of some kind in every European country. It's just a question of which ones you want to prioritize and, and, uh, and how you keep the right balance between demand and, and liquidity and, and other things that are very important for, for real estate investment. Yeah, and we've we've certainly seen that. Even within the individual clusters, like identifying the right science or technology park that has the right credentials, you know, the ingredients for success um, is challenging because in a lot of these markets, as we've found, I'm sure you found the same, John, the the transparency of that market data is pretty thin. You know, this is an emerging market where you can't just pick up a report from the likes of us or a competitor that gives you a full download on the market. I'm sure that will come, but it's it's not there just but, yet. But again, the advantage of having a platform is you you know you can sort of make decisions based on the the raw facts and and make make your own calls. And I think, you know, we'll have to make market entries based on our experience in other places and our understanding of the setup and the ecosystems in place, because um, we won't we won't have the data. And I think that was probably one of the biggest challenges you know, making our initial investments in the space is actually there really isn't any data readily available, especially when you compare it against um, what you can get in the US and, and other places. So, you know, when we were making those original investments, you had to sort of triangulate between what you could see in more developed markets, what you could understand about the local market environment, and then sort of what you could determine operationally and, and based on the experience of of dealing with similar groups of stakeholders. So it, it's something, uh, you know, and, and obviously you guys are at the forefront of this, you know, developing better data around the sector will, will help that expansion expansion process. And it has already improved, 
you know, in the last two years, I mean, you, you know, yeah. you're definitely seeing a, a huge improvement in that. And we've talked, we've talked about UK, talked about Europe. Is there any ambition for you or the platform to look beyond that in terms of other markets in Asia Pacific or the Americas? So, so Axi am uh, uh, is is present in in Asia Pac and and the US, and and we're investing across sectors in those markets, and you know we have reviewed life science opportunities in those markets. Um, so, so it's it's absolutely possible we we'll, we will invest in the sector outside of Europe, um, whether that's through Cadans and our our. Um, our uh, vehicle that we raised capital for the you referenced uh, last July, I, I think that that's going to be focused on Europe. The European opportunity is is huge. There's still so much to do, um, but but I think the obviously there is it's interesting uh, in the US, which is where it's far more established and uh, and probably know a little bit less on on the opportunity in Asia. Pack is maybe a little bit uh, less defined. And have you found? Um, have you? continue to find that understanding and looking at what's happening in the US useful for you when you're when you're seeing those opportunities come come across your desk across Europe are you still turning and, and trying to learn from what's happening in the states as well yes but 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 probably to a lesser extent than you know two years ago when uh, when we were sort of in, in the midst of of making making our initial investments so you know the the good news is because of the improvements in data across Europe, because of the experience we're getting in in our own assets and and building new assets. I think, uh, I th- I think you know it's still of course it's relevant, and we look globally at trends in all sectors, so not uniquely life science. But um, but I think Europe's now on its on its own journey, and it will be different to the journey in the US. You'll have a lot of commonality, but a lot of differences as well. I mean, I. I don't think you'll see the same level of clustering in Europe that you do in the US. I, I think you're going to see a broader based opportunity uh, for the reason that I, I think, you know, you have a lot of different countries in Europe and, and the, with, you know, very strong national agendas on the life science topic. So I, I just feel that you, you won't have it all happening in three or four places. You know, you will have very important centers in Europe and places like London or Paris. Um, but um, uh, but but um, it, it will be more broad based. Yeah, completely agree. To be honest, John, thank you so much for your time. Really insightful conversation. Um, so thanks for joining us, and I'm sure we'll speak again sometime soon. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, John.